Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. So we're in this summer series entitled, This Is Us. If you've missed any of these, um, these three parts so far, I encourage you to go back to podcast. I know that uh, the forgiveness one, we had some technical difficulties. It is not there. It will be there this week in addition to today's. Um, but I encourage you to go back and listen. I've always uh, felt like this is, a, this is a topic, relationships is, is a big one, and I almost didn't go into it during the summer because I knew that families would be in and out. Um, but at the same time, it's the one that we need. Anybody spend a week on vacation or, or you go away and you're with family members locked in a secluded condominium? <laughs> Do y'all know the danger that goes on when you're in a close proximity and in a small confinement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about relationships in the middle of the summer and the church said, amen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I felt like it was important. Um, and, 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 or you're in, the, in a close proximity with your wife for a locked-in amount of days, and the church said, oh, me. Ain't nobody saying nothing. <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. I'm serious. So it's entitled This Is Us, and we're, we're dealing with the dynamics of relationships. I look forward to being locked in a room with my wife. I'm just saying. I'm just, now, she may not feel the exact same way because th- 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 this, 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 um, spontaneity, is that a right word? Um, it flows from me 24-7, and there's only so much she can tolerate of me at one time. So maybe she is dialing in to this relationship series. But we're dealing with the dynamics of relationship. And over the past few weeks, we've been taking a look at what our relationships should look like based on God's word. As Christians, what our relationships should look like. Now, now granted, we've, we've, we've talked about single stuff and just singles, being single, and then, and, then, and then friendships and all of this stuff. Today, we are going to f- kind of focus and, and drill down in on marriage, but today can also be used for everybody across the board. So don't just think if I'm, you're single and you're like, well, this doesn't apply to me. It does apply to you. Today is part four of that series, and I've entitled today's talk simply this, Words That Heal. Words that heal. Everybody say words that heal. Now say it this way. Say my words can heal. I started thinking this week, if my words can bring healing, then what kind of damage can my words bring to relationships? Hello. Welcome to church. (laughs) If my words can bring healing, what kind of damage can the words that I speak do to the relationships that I'm in? What kind of damage can my words do to my, to my wife? What kind of words that I speak, what damage can they do to my relationship with my three daughters? I'd like to submit to you today that our words can bring healing to our relationships, but our words can also bring hurt, heartache, and destruction if our words are not managed properly. Proverbs 8.21 says it this way, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's another translation that says, those that talk a lot 
<laughs> will eat its fruit. You know that old saying, you are what you eat? What you say is what you get. There is power of life and death in our tongues. I love what the message translation, it puts it this way. Words kill, words give life, you choose. Words kill, words will give life, you choose. In our relationships, you choose. So I want to establish right up front, your words are very powerful. As we begin, begin unpacking this thought of our words can heal, I want you to really analyze your relationships. Today, as we're going through this for just about 25 minutes, I want you to analyze your friendships. If you're married, I want you to analyze your relationship with your spouse. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front, there's a lot of information that I'm going to give you, and we are going to split it up into this Sunday and next Sunday on purpose, because I don't know about you, but I can only retain so much information. And the topic of today, if we don't get this and seal it in concrete, there's no, there's no need in even moving on to the next. We, today is all about you. Say it's about me. This message is for you. So if you're married, I want you to analyze your relationship with your spouse. If you have kids, as we're going through this today, I want you to analyze your relationship, your communication lines with your kids. Now, the place that we're going to lean pretty hard on in today's talk is this idea that the words that you speak and the attitude and tone in which you communicate those words will set the tone in your relationship and the tone in your home. Your attitude and the tone of, in which you communicate will set the tone for your relationships and the tone in or the atmosphere in your room. It's kind of like a thermostat. Everybody got a thermostat in your house or your car? It just based on what you say is going to set the atmosphere for your house. It's real quiet in here. And I think that's because I just showed up on your doorstep this morning. <laughs> I came in from outside. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy prepping and, and service prepping outside in nature. I don't like being locked up in the room. And I don't know how that's going to work when we actually get the church building. And I have, and I have an office. Um, maybe I'll just have to have a little section outside where I just get a little chair and an umbrella because I love being outside. And, and I came in yesterday and I started working through some of my notes with Amy. And she was like, well, do I even need to come to church tomorrow? Because I feel like you just did your whole sermon right here at the, at the coffee table. Something else that I want you to think about today is this. The relationships and friendships that you and, that you and I have with others. Those people may have experienced hurt in other relationships that you did not cause. The person that you're married to, and I'm really going to touch on this next week especially for the husbands and the wives. There's information that is collectively great for all of us. Those people that you have relationships with, those people that you work with, those people that you work out at the gym with, they are hurting. They've probably been hurt by somebody, and you have the words. If you're sitting in this room and you're a follower of Christ, you have the words with inside of you to heal the hurt that you did not cause. Are you tracking me today? I've come to share with you today that your words can bring healing to their troubled heart. 
I want you to understand that you have a responsibility. One, one of the, I love the moments where I get to, to, mar- uh, to facilitate the marriage of, of couples. And one of the opening statements is, is that Bible verse, to whom much is given, much is required. There's a requirement in marriage. And it and it just and it and it's not just to get you past the threshold of one year, because if you if you've been married, you can look at statistics and they say the first year is like oh my gosh, it's honeymoon time, right? But if you can make it past the five year five year mark, then it's kind of you know it kind of kind of slopes back down a little bit. Responsibility. I'm responsible for my wife. I'm responsible for to to make sure she knows that I love her. For all the years that God has us down here on this earth sucking oxygen, I have a responsibility. Men, you have a responsibility. Wives, you too have a responsibility to make sure that you're communicating the right way, you're communicating the right words, and we're going to dive into this in a minute because the language that you speak and the language that your spouse speaks typically is not the same. I thought I would get more amens right there, and maybe you didn't understand what I just said. Or you're, or you're nervous to say amen. That's what it was. I'll go ahead and tell you. Your spouse, look at them. Just if, you, if they're in the room, and look at them. They don't speak the same language as you. <laughs> and we're going to learn how to read and how to communicate their language. So the power of life and death in our tongue And according to Proverbs 18.21, we are eating our words. What's that old saying? I made my bed, I'll I'll, I'll lie in it or whatever. Yeah. You create your world with your words. I heard another pastor say it this way. You're framing up your world with your words. You may not have framed up your house that you live in, but a a house is not a home unless you have people that fill it. You may not have framed up your house that you're going to go back to later today, but you are framing up your home based on how you communicate with other people in your home. Uh, think about it this way. The same way that you can't hide a bad diet forever. Y'all remember when your metabolism just said, hey, I got you to your 20s. We're done. <laughs> Man, I was, I was a buck 25 for like all my 20s, all my 30s. And I was like, this is good. People always said, B, you're going to gain weight when you get married. Man, I was trying to gain weight. I mean, she was cooking. I'm eating all the dumplings. I mean, all, I couldn't do it. But when I hit my 40s, bless God, my, metalo, my metabolism went on a permanent vacation. <laughs> now, I know y'all are like, no, you still look little. That's because I'm sucking it in right now. Y'all don't even know. The struggle is real. But in the same way that you can't hide a bad diet forever, you can't escape negative and demeaning words forever. Eventually, it's going to show. Okay? If you have a negative, negative tone, negative words that are spoken, demeaning words that are spoken. What am I saying? You'll never cultivate healthy relationships with unhealthy verbiage. Or unhealthy words. I can't have a marriage that's vibrant and full of life with words that are crushing and full of death. Somebody said, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really say ugly stuff to my spouse. You know, like 
Oh, I wish you would die. No, but you might be saying things that basically fill in the blank for that person to go, man, I wish I was dead because this, what we got is horrible. Are you tracking me today? Your words are powerful. So let me ask, how do you speak to your spouse? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, man, I picked the wrong Sunday to be here because you, you hitting on something because my words today before I left the house, I told you at the very beginning of the service, God drew you here on purpose. And the thing you need to understand, <laughs> I say it every week, this message hits me in the forehead and in the chest before it ever graces your eardrums. You're not looking at a perfect pastor. I don't always speak eloquently to my wife. Eloquently means words of life. So this is for all of us today. Amen? How's your tone with your spouse? Are you short and always uh, sarcastic? Are your words demeaning? Ladies, are your words constantly nagging? When I think about that word nagging, I need all the husbands to look right at me. <laughs> I think of that little chihuahua on Chiquito Taco Bell. That's what I think about nagging. I'm probably going to be in a lot of trouble when I go home. Y'all got lunch plans? Y'all got an extra table? I mean, <laughs> play to your table. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just trying to get y'all to laugh a little bit because I know it's getting tight in here. Write this down. The health of my home is determined by the language in my home. The health of my home is determined by the language permitted. You can actually add that word. I like that. Permitted in my home. The health of my home is determined by the language that is permitted in my home. Because you don't have to. Just because, just because culturally that lingo and that verbiage and talking down to your wife or talking, talking bad about your husband to your girlfriends, just because everybody else in the world does it does it not mean it's right. Here's the reality and the reason why our language is so important. Because we will end up believing the words that we hear the most. That is why it's important to always build up your children. That is why it's important to always build up your spouse. And can I tell you this? The words that you hear the most are your words, your own words. Because even though you're not having a conversation with yourself, I don't know, some of y'all might. Hey, what you want for lunch today? I don't know. But I don't know if you, if you got that. There's a doctor probably for that. But the words that you hear the most are your words because you're always having, an, you're always having a conversation with yourself up here. So the words that you hear the most are the word, the words that you hear the most are the words that you will believe. Listen, words affect our emotions. Words, everybody say words. Words affect our emotions. Words affect our outlook. Words affect our thinking. I just don't know if this is going to work out. Man, get around people that speak into your life and say, it's going to be okay. You've got what it takes. Because if all you hear is yourself going, I don't know that I have what it takes. I don't know that after losing both my parents in a three-week three uh, time frame, if I'm the one. God, are you really sure you called me? If I listened to myself, I would have believed that lie. And the lie came from the pit of hell because the enemy knew the call of God on my life and didn't want me to stand up here three and a half years later and declare about to, to you that your words are important. Listen, words, words affect the direction we take in our life. 
Words affect our attitude and our enthusiasm. That's why I said, get a personality check. Hello, when you come to church, man, God has been good to you. If God, I think Adam says it all the time, if God doesn't do anything else for me, he's already done enough. We come into church with a sour, sour puss look on our face. Man, like God, well, I'm just, God needs to do more. He's already done enough. Maybe the reason he can't get us to a place where more is happening is because we're fighting because we want to stay in our comfort zone. Because most of the time, 99.9.9.9% of the time, the place that God will bless us the most is the, is the place outside of our comfort. And I'm talking to moi today. Listen, you can't have a great life you can't have a great marriage. You can't have great relationships when all you're spewing out is words of death. Life and death. There's only two categories. Uh, am I speaking life into my marriage? Am I speaking life into my relationships and my friendships? Or am I speaking death? Let's look what James says about the tongue. James chapter 3, verses 3 through 6 says this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. What? Even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Oh, man, listen to this. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. <laughs> it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body by this little piece of meat. Listen, think about what James is saying. It's not the wind. It, listen, listen, follow me. It's not the wind that moves the ship. It's the rudder. It's not the circum... Now, now, now let's bring it down to where you are. It's not the circumstances that is constantly pushing on you that gets you to move. It's what you say about what's happening to you that gets you to move or stay. And somebody say, yeah but, yeah, but what about that big ship? No, you know what happens when they're in a storm? If they, if they, if they don't feel like they need to move, it's dangerous. What do they do? Drop the anchor and that ship will stay. You know who your anchor is. You know what your anchor is? So we have no excuse. Come wind, come rain. I won't be afraid. If I need to stay where I am, and this is where God called me, and, and I'm not moving, and, and like this is where God called me, and even though stuff's happening, I'm going to put an anchor down. I'm going to stand on, I'm standing on God's word. If God is, and I have to recognize I got to listen to the communication between heaven and, and me. God, am I supposed to be moving? Am I supposed to be doing something other? Am I not supposed to be right here in this moment? Okay, I need to move. Then guess what? It's not going to be the storm that pushes me in another direction. It's going to be the rudder. It's going to be my tongue that says, no matter what this world is throwing at me, I will still press forward. No matter what my marriage, condition of my marriage is in, I will still press forward. I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. There is absolutely nothing that it can happen in your marriage that is beyond repair. Period. Amen. Period. Selah. Nothing is beyond repair. 
If that's the case, then the power of the cross is not enough to repair. The reason that people have, uh, I always mess this word up, irrecept, I can't say it. Thank you. Those differences, the, that, that one little, that one, that caveat that we just, the, 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 the catch-all for divorces. It has nothing to do with the definition of that word. It's two people that are refusing, refusing to drop their pride and get humble and invest in their marriage, period. I'm not hitting on divorce because I have been divorced beyond my control, okay? So don't feel like this preacher is anti-divorce. I'm not, but I'm telling you, there is absolutely nothing that is beyond repair. Thank you, Father. Words are powerful. In the, beginning, in the beginning of creation, God spoke the world into existence. So that tells me that words are very important to God. And before we leave this place today and after we conclude next Sunday, it's my prayer that this message will cause you and I to realize that, that we must view our words as powerful and important, just like God. Let me give you my first point today. It will be the only point today. You must learn how to communicate with your spouse. Learn how to communicate with your spouse. I'm going to battle for both of you today. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say this one for the guys. Words are powerful. But not all communication is verbal to a lady. Now, 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 I am the most unqualified person to be talking about, about marriage and relationships. But I'm just, I, as, he is, as, he, as he is putting this into, into an iPad, I'm going, God, I need to work in this area. And so as I'm delivering it to you, it's my prayer that you'll go, God, I need to work in that area too. I never want, to get, want you to feel like... That, 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 that we have it all together because we don't. Some of y'all probably get tired of hearing it, but I think there's some people that need to hear it because if not, the voice that they hear is the enemy going, yeah, but he's a pastor. He's supposed to be. They're supposed to have that kind of marriage. No, 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 no. Whatever voice you hear the most is the voice that you will believe. All right, so let me explain it this way, fellas. When you get home and your wife asks you, home from work, and your wife asks you, how is your day? good you left her in the other room you didn't even stop remember what I said all communication is not verbal here's one for you maybe tomorrow when she asks how was your day you actually stop what you're doing you look her in the eye and go let me tell you about my day she'll be like what just happened and I promise you I promise you, it will pay off in the long run. That was too much for y'all. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm serious. All they want is your attention. Ansley Grace was, is a perfect example of attention. Remember, this, goes, this is not just marriage. This goes in all relationships. When Ansley Grace was a little girl, 
And, 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 I, and she's probably, like, I know when I finish this, she's going to be like, man, and you still have an issue. But, 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 it's better for me to call myself out for them to get home and go, Nyeh. she would get up in my, in my lap and she, would, and she would take my face like this and just look at me. Just look at me. That's the only communication she wanted. And you know what she has the right to do today? Because sometimes when she, when she comes in the door and I'm working or I'm doing some stuff on the computer, I'm listening, but am I really? Yeah. Sure. You mean I can have a million dollars? I just said sure. Because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. She could crawl up in my recliner. It, no. Today, and put her hands on my face. Daddy, listen to me. Look at me. Same thing is true with your spouse. And this goes both ways, guys and ladies. Give them your undivided attention. I'm not saying you got to clear your schedule for the next hour. Men, I told you, don't respond. Look at me. Some of you, if you don't know my wife, she needs a good hour. <laughs> All right. Write this down. Communication includes tone, eye contact, body language, and facial expressions. Communication includes tone. Good tone, <laughs> eye contact, body language, facial expressions. Let me say this. Even more than what you say, listen, it's how your spouse hears what you say. This is where we're getting ready to dive in just a little bit, and then we're going to call it quits and let y'all come up for air, okay? It's, 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 it's just as important that they, that your, how your spouse hears what you say as it is in what you say. I kind of hinted around to it. And for some of y'all didn't get it the first time, I'm going to say it again. You and your spouse do not speak the same language. Period. I don't care how in love you are. I don't care how convinced you are that he or she is, that you guys are soulmates. A man and a woman are different. And I don't care what society will tell you. A man and a woman are different. Culture is wrong. Moving on. You don't think the same. You don't feel the same. I don't know a dude. I'm taking a dude now. A dude. I don't know a dude that pulls over on the side of the road and goes, that's a beautiful flower. But she will be like, wow, babe, look at those flowers. Y'all see things differently. You respond to things differently. Some things aren't for public consumption. I'll leave that right in there. 
Y'all don't think the same. Y'all don't feel the same. You'll appreciate that one day. And, and men, I'm trying to help you. Not everything that hits your brain needs to be said. Amen. Amen. She's told me that for years, and I'm just now biting on that and chewing on it, and it makes me feel good to know that I've listened to my spouse. That's a good point right there, listening, because a lady's intuition is strong and powerful. A lady's intuition, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, when you are born again, when a lady is born again, filled with the Spirit of God, her intuition is mixed with the Holy Spirit. And there are many times in my life that I should have listened to the Holy Spirit in her that would have prevented me from doing some stupid stuff. Hello. Some of you are like, man, I ain't coming back next week because if it's this strong, n- next week will be a little lighter, I promise. I just came out... <clears throat> Strong today. Listen, you don't think the same, you don't feel the same, you don't process things the same. So it's not it's not just saying something that you're that, that to your spouse that makes sense to you. It's you have to speak in a language that makes sense to them. I heard this one time. Entering a marriage is like moving to a foreign country. (laughs) Can I say that again? Entering into a marriage is like moving into a foreign country. I could move to Japan. um, I could move to to France. And unless I learn the language, I'm going to, there's going to be some frustration in me because about all I can say is we, we, right? And they're going to, somebody's going to think I need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Too much. I'm sorry. So anyway, I, Listen, I could probably move to that country and I could either find a translator to help me or I could maybe just learn a few phrases to get me by or, uh, or, or maybe I could point some things out to try, to try to get by. But there would still be a frustration because we're not communicating. But if I move to that country and learn the language of that country, then there, 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 the possibilities are, are endless. Same thing is true in a marriage. If I will learn to communicate and to speak how she, I'm telling y'all, this is where we we already started working on this yesterday. If I will learn how to speak her language, the possibilities (laughs) are (laughs) endless. My endless love. Sorry. Someone's like, I didn't come to a marriage conference. No, you didn't, but you showed up because God drew you here because there's something you need to hear today, and this is it. Amen? Here's the number one problem that happens in most marriages. Most couples never learn the language of their spouse. The number one problem in most marriages, and after this, putting this together and working through this, I have a lot of work to do. Because now I understand why she's not responding to what I'm putting down. I, she should know. I'm speaking English. She speaks English. I speak English. We speak in English. Why don't you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm not saying it in a way that's, that, that, that she's, under, she's understanding or receiving it. Think about it. This means that this means that both people are talking, but neither one can understand what the other one is saying. And that's when you, sh- you, you roll up at a conference table with your lawyer and her lawyer. And 
because you can't understand what each other are saying. Every married person in the room probably feels like they've been clear with their spouse. I've been clear with my spouse. She should know my expectations. He should know what I expect. Anybody ever felt that way about your spouse? I know. I, I, why do you keep trying to get us to raise our hand? Be? We're not admitting. We're admitting inwardly. <laughs> I just don't know why she don't get it. Ladies, remember this one? My husband asked if I could go golfing, and I said, yeah, which obviously meant no, and how come he didn't know what I meant? I asked, could I go hunting? I said, yeah. He asked, could I go hunting? I mean, he asked, could he go hunting? And I said, yeah, but clearly I meant no. And he went. Men, when you're on a trip and you're in a car and you ask your wife, what would you like to eat? And she says, it doesn't matter. She lies. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> it matters. I found out at one time and I was like, but I didn't think it mattered. Oh, it mattered. So you know what I do? I'm not pulling in anywhere until you say, and I will be in New Mexico, baby. I, I am stubborn like, a, like Dennis Weber. I will not move. And she knows if we eating tonight, you better speak up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I rub, men, I rub, I rub my back, my wife's back for three minutes. Didn't she know that I was, that I, there was something I needed and that I wanted? No, maybe she thought you were just trying to be nice. Too close? Okay. I wrote down what I wanted to say but I'm going to keep it right where I let it lay, right there. My point is, we think we're communicating, but, but we're not speaking the language that they need to hear. Here's what people in successful marriages have found. I have to speak the language of my spouse. People who are in a successful marriage, and usually those are people who are, who are up in years, unless they had, had great role models in marriage. Here's why this is so difficult, though, to speak the language of your spouse, because it requires humility, patience, and commitment. Remember what I said? The reason we go to the table and we sign our lives away and we, we, we go our separate ways, because we're too prideful. We're not humble. We refuse to be patient, and we're no longer going to be committed. Some of us got uncommitted a long time before we hit the desk. Next, I want to give you a phrase that every married person, I'm getting ready to come down. I know what time it is. I want to give you a phrase that every married person wants to hear from their spouse. Are you ready, what it, you ready for it? Here it is. I love you. That's what every spouse wants to hear. I don't care how burly your husband is, how, how what a man's man he wants. He wants to know that he is loved. Here's the catch. You've got to say it in a way that they can hear it. Ephesians 5.25. Let me just read it from the screen. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. 
Let me say this to every married man and every, every woman, married woman in this, in this room. We have to love our spouse like Jesus loves us. Unconditional. There can't, my love is not conditional. My love for her is not based on if she pleases me or does what I think she needs to do. Hello. Is this mic on today? That means learning to love, expressing love, and receiving love is going to require you and I to become a student of the life of Jesus. We've got to study his life, his ministry, and his teachings. If we're going to love like Jesus, guess who our, guess who our study needs to be? Jesus. It's always, and it will always be very difficult for us to understand true love outside of Christ. Here's the question. I got a song for you. Tell me if you recognize this. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. That's the question. What is love? I had that playing this morning in the kitchen and Ansley walked out. She was like, Daddy, what is that? I was like, that was the new song on the set list. You didn't get the text message? <laughs> what is love? First Corinthians. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 13, 4 and 7. Listen to this. What is, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. I, I, I don't think I did. I, I thought, did I? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, this is what the words, this is what the lyric said. I don't know why you're not fair. I give you my love, but you don't care. So what is right, what is wrong? Give me a sign. He said exactly in the 80s, he wrote, give me a sign. You know what he's, speak to me the way that I understand. Communicate to me in a way that I understand what you're saying. Give me a sign. He goes on to say, I, oh, I don't know. What can I do? What else can I say? It's up to you. I know we're one, just me and you. I can't go on. What is love? Here it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous, nor boastful, proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. Hello. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrong. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrong. When you keep record of wrong, you will be irritable. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never, uh, excuse me, uh, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. There is not a circumstance that your marriage, that you, you go through in your marriage, that you cannot overcome when you love like this. So I have to learn how to communicate that to her this way. I got to be patient. I got to be kind. I can't be jealous. I can't be boastful. I can't be proud. I can't be rude. I can't demand to have my own way. We were having a conversation the other night about what do you want for dinner? And I said, it really doesn't matter or something like that. And, and I don't remember how exactly it went down. I don't want to mess it up, but it was something to do with, oh, we were going out with friends and I said, I, I, I don't care. I don't want to choose. And she said, but in a roundabout way, we always go where you want to go. Sometimes the truth you need to hear, and the one person who has the right to give me that is her. She's the only one. Other than God, here on this earth, is her. And then last night, 
She said, where you want to go? I said, I don't care. She picked my number one place that I didn't even have in my mind. See, when you begin to lower your stuff down the way you have to have it, what you really want and need just flows. When you begin to work this like this, and then, and then we went to, what's the grocery store? World of Whole Foods. We get out of the car. This was after dinner. She said, can I hold your hand? Woo, can you hold my hand? I'm fixing to get there. I'm going to explain to you why, I, I, why I, that was my response. Because she's speaking my language. See, Gary Chapman wrote a book, and I'm coming down, I promise. We'll be done in five minutes. Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five, Langu- Lo- Five Love Languages. Anybody ever heard of it? That every married couple needs to read. In it, Gary shares five ways that most people receive love. Here they are. Words of affirmation. This, this, this is the five right here. This is the way that you communicate to your spouse. And remember what I said. The way you feel it ain't necessarily going to be the way that they feel it. It usually never happens that way, which is why the divorce rate is an all-time high. So how do they receive? Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So I have to learn how to communicate to Amy in a way that she understands love, not in the way that I communicate love. Did you follow me? I have to show her that I love her, not in the way that I want it to happen for me, but the way that she requires it for her. It's not a requirement. It's in her DNA to be that way. Mine, usually you're going to have one that's real, real aggressive, and you're going to have one kind of under that. My aggressive one is physical touch. You can, can I hold your hand? And I will melt. I will wash your car. I will paint your toenails. Whatever you need, baby. You just held my hand. She gave me a, 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 a little stroke in the, in the store, too. And I almost come unglued. I was like, there's cameras in here. But, man, that felt good. I'm sorry. Too much. I know. I'm, I'm just telling you. And then my second one is acts of service. Now, hers is words of affirmation and receiving gifts. Now, let me show you something. And I'm not uncovering her in any way, but I'm gonna show you this. Mine is acts of service. I, got, I get that honestly, because if, if you knew my dad, that's just, he laid down his life. That's, that's, so I'm, I'm doing everything that I can around the house. No, stop, I'm gonna say it. She gave me the eye like, I'm, not, I'm gonna be careful. But she would tell me quick, like that does those unloading the dishwasher and washing her clothes for and those things, that doesn't, it's sweet, but that's not, doesn't say anything to her. But in my mind, like, dude, I just, I conquered the gauntlet. I mean, I washed everybody's clothes, cleaned the house, picked your car up at the office, detailed it, brought it back, had it running, air perfect. Okay, that was nice, but that's not, you got to communicate in a way that your spouse understands. So it's got to be words of affirmation. I'm learning this. It's got to be words of affirmation. And it's got to be receiving gifts. She likes that. And I've not been strong in either of those areas. So guess what? There's a breakdown. There's a breakdown. So I have to learn to communicate. Listen, and I'm done in closing. 
If you're serious about having a successful marriage, here's the very transparent conversation that needs to happen with you and your spouse ASAP. Just because I said in closing, don't tune me out. Listen, listen. There's a serious, con- if you're serious about this, there's, a, there's an, a, having a successful marriage. Here's the conversation, very transparent conversation that you need to have with your spouse immediately. Honey, it makes me feel loved when you fill in the blank. It makes me feel loved when you. Conversation you need to have. I know, gentlemen, guys, this is going to be hard. I don't have a hard time saying, babe, I felt love when you grabbed my hand. And, and all the other stuff, too. It made me feel good. I felt loved. Maybe the conversation sounds a little something like this. Hey, when you hold my hand, it makes me feel loved. That's physical touch. Honey, when you do the dishes, it makes me feel really loved. That's acts of service. Babe, when you put down your phone and you're just kind of there in the moment, it makes me feel loved. That's quality time. And if you're thinking, why are we even talking about this in church? Because if, I, if we can have healthy homes, healthy homes make a healthy home. And a healthy church makes a healthy city. So it may not be the flavor that you like coming from a church pulpit. That's why our marriages are ending at an all-time high. Because we're not talking about the real, the raw, and the ugly. So when your home is happy and successful, this house will be happy and successful. And then our city will be changed and impacted because of our willingness to lay down our pride and be humble and seek after relationships the way God wants them. Here's your work assignment for tonight. Everybody got a phone? Pull it out. Ladies, this will probably be you doing this. How many have Amazon? Quick, quick, quick dial on your phone right there. Go ahead and pull it up. This is, this is it right here. Brody's, Brody's eyes are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just got her to stop. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Here's your homework. This is your homework. I want you to get that book. I think it's like 12 bucks. Paperback. Gary Chapman. Five Love Languages. Make sure that you order not the devotional one that would be for a group Bible study, but the one that you can go through with your spouse. Now, if you say, but I'm not a reader. No, what I'm hearing is it's not that important to me. Did you hear me? I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a reader. No. What you're saying is, because I'm, I'm not a reader. Go ahead. And, I, I, we have it probably packed away in somebody's, in dad's stuff somewhere. I, I remember seeing it. But let's order a new copy. Like right now. Go ahead and order. In church. Order. Or get home today and order it. Get it in this week and start going through that with your spouse. The five love languages. If you're single, it's important that you, it's not just for married couples. It's important that you understand how to communicate when God sends people into your life. Do you love your spouse enough to get uncomfortable and invest in making your marriage better? That's it. That's it. Can I get all the couples, married couples, even if your spouse isn't here today, can you stand? Worship team. Father, I speak a blessing over every couple represented in this room today. 
God, I ask that there would be a transparency unlike anything they've ever experienced. And that, God, that there would be a love that would be exposed from the inside out in their homes. Begin doing a work this week in their lives. God, may we accept the challenge of getting the book and start reading it 15 minutes a day. Let's go through it. Let's learn how. God, help us to learn how to communicate with our spouse. Make us strong in you so we can continue to be a strong beacon, strong church, strong tower that the righteous can run into and are safe and that people who are hurting and broken can come into and get restored. And we can make an impact in our city because that's what you want. It's who you are. It's what you do. This is our God. Bless your people today in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.